Welcome once again to the Born in Trouble podcast. I'm your host, Max. Hoping one day for better introduction music. But until that day, hopefully I'll get a little around there. <laughs> At least just get the levels right, Holmes. Yeah, just watch yourself out. Well, I mean, Rome was not built in a day, my brother. Rome was not built in a day. So... <laughs> Here we go again, once again, recording our, I believe it's our fifth episode now of Born in Trouble, and our first episode after officially being accepted into Apple Podcast, which is apparently a big deal. So, Rob, since you've been here a lot more, give yourself a round of applause. That's good. That's good. I can see you clapping. No one else can, so... (laughs) congratulations congratulations thank you thank you you. and this is our first guest that we uh that doesn't come directly out of our circle there's a young man that i met online in the group the facebook uh blackout coalition where there's a lot of young brothers brothers and sisters doing and trying to do a lot of different things and sharing ideas and alvin castle is the young man and alvin would you like to introduce yourself to our uh, audience uh, yes, uh, my name is Alvin Castle. Uh, I am a tech entrepreneur, um, and I would, you know, I'd like to consider myself slash artist slash um, uh, activist. Um, and I worked uh, or have launched since the summer uh, of all of the turbulent things that have been going on. I had a concept that preceded that, but it seemed like a, pr- a perfect time to launch um, a a black hub called My Black World. Okay. Is that what, and, is, and what is My Black World covering? Right. So, um, so, so, so the idea is kind of quite simple um, and complex at the same time. But to deal with the simple part of it, I wanted a, a singular domain, easy to find, easy to go to, that I can, that, that would essentially be my uh, series in the future. The idea here is, is to be able to index black data points, such as uh, business directory, such as news articles, uh, historical and current events, to be able to later on have a version two of this enterprise where I could develop multiple apps that would pull from the same database and create a, uh, a, a, an enterprise type system for being able to um, uh, usher in black innovation from a digital perspective. To be quite simple about it, I wanted a platform where we owned our own data. Okay. Sort of like um, Black Planet used to be, in a way. But it, yeah. But like, sort of like Black Planet 4.0, would you say? Yeah, that's that's right, you know. So so Black Planet focused on dating, but imagine had Black Planet stayed around, Black Black Planet could have had the opportunity to be actually more like Google, right? Uh but let's just say a Black Google. Uh where essentially what you're doing is that you can pull data points where you've got a various data points uh that have been cataloged, indexed in a singular database over time so that now the people who actually control that system can now create other derivative products. If you think about Google, you know, there's Google Voice, there's Google Mail, there's YouTube. Uh, and so all of this is actually pulling from the same database. Right. Um, and, and, so, and so that's the idea there. But the twist is that, I, is that it's actually, imagine doing that, but doing it from a social media 
uh, interface. So My Black World is a little bit of Facebook. It's a little bit of LinkedIn. It's a little bit of Yelp in terms of business directory. And it's a little bit of Etsy and Amazon where users can create user stores. Okay. So that's the idea. And over time, the idea is to be able to curate, uh, essentially pull things and individuals, let's just say off the internet shelf, if you will, that, you know, that are just kind of randomly floating out there. We're all kind of randomly floating out there in the internet. Uh, and we bump into and we find each other through various ways. But I wanted something that was more like a, uh, let's say a library of Congress for black thought, black information, black interest, black data set. Okay. Have you have you had a lot of traction with the idea so far or you know, I know we spoke like six months ago. And um right. you know, and the reason why the reason why I was I was automatically drawn to your idea was because it was something that I missed. I was active in Black Planet and I know like a lot of like the younger generation thinks it was strictly dating. And although there was some of that going on, you know, I won't lie, I was single at that time. But um <laughs> there were but there were a lot of forums and there were a lot of groups. There were a lot of political discussions. There were a lot of things that, right. a lot of ideas. Like, you know, for example, I'm not sure if you remember the Gina Louisiana thing, um, the Gina Six. Yes. You know, yes. Yes. That, that was something, that was a movement that was, I, that was almost, almost solely driven by Black Planet at that point in time. And, a, and after that, you saw the breaking down of the website. It was sold off, and it went off to it in a different direction. And um, but today, it's a, but today we have different challenges. It's a different world. So it's like, right. you know, how would you like? How are you thinking about improving upon it now? Especially for us old cats who like, you know, pretty much we use Siri for everything. Right. So so the so the the real task is is that. You know, I had to kind of look at the landscape uh, in terms of where we've been, those points that you made, and then where I want to be, and then also take careful stock in terms of how I'm going to get there. So what I realize is, and what I'm comfortable with, I'm comfortable with a slow burn with my black world. I don't, I, I don't necessarily expect or intend this platform to go wide fast, and that's okay. I had a friend of mine actually, uh, so, so let me give you a couple of uh, 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 data points right now. So we've got about 200 members uh, in the platform since we spoke about six months ago, which is literally when I registered the domain name and got everything started. You know, okay. designed the logo, designed the t-shirt, all that okay. stuff, pretty much from scratch. And so, and so what happened is there was very early on a, a very intense hot fire burning uh, under this whole issue, but I realized that that actually that 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 that, that sizzle would calm down a little bit, and I needed to make which sure that issue, I had a long game. Which issue are you referring to? I'm referring to the George Floyd issue. Okay. It 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 literally was like a nuke. I mean, obviously we all experienced it. It was like a, a social nuclear bomb that went off, uh, not only in the United States but obviously around the world. And so I realized that that was a great. Uh, opportunity, if you will, to engage brothers and sisters who were at, who were at that particular point uh, listening, um, and so it was a it was a great starting point. And now what we're doing is essentially kind of cultivating where we started. We got about two hundred members uh, in the system, and now what, what's what's important to do is to speak to those two hundred, build it almost like a church. And this is actually what a mentor of mine actually told me. He was like, Alan, look, 
take what you got, value that, and realize that what you need to do is to mature that. And I realized, hey, you know what? That's actually the focus that I need to have. So it's the focus on. Go ahead. Well, I, my ask my my question was going to be: So, how are you planning on like bringing in um, black businesses? It sounds like it's it's like sort of like you know the idea is to kind of build. And correct me if I'm wrong, like a web, uh, a spider. Yeah, web. that's right. You know, so how do that's, you? That's a, go ahead. Yeah. So the so the strategy to do that is to focus almost super local. Uh, so I'm based in Houston, Texas, where we've got in the greater Houston area uh, about six million people. You know, we're the third largest city. Uh, you, I think we topped Chicago like a couple of years ago. So here in the Houston area, you know, we're very dense as it relates to black interests and black, black businesses. And so one of the things that I decided to do was to kind of focus locally and and engage the business community locally and then also certain in general, but also there are certain specific categories that actually then leap outside of the local area genres uh, of black interest that actually allow me to essentially go wider than that. So just to give you a, a quick example. So with our business directory, yes, we're focusing on local businesses, integrating them into the system. But then also, we're also using, and this is very important too, people think that if you are developing a network or any type of system, it means that you have now divorced yourself from all pre-existing systems. That's not true. In fact, all of the systems that we currently use, the Facebook, the LinkedIn, the Twitter, all of them feed off of one another. In fact, they wouldn't exist if the other didn't exist. And so what we're looking to do and, and what we decided to do was to be smart about growth. And we actually have our own Facebook pages that focuses on all of the different niches of black interests that we're uh, cultivating and we're building them up and then vaulting those people into the system. So our, our first phase, let's just say, in terms of pulling it, pulling together the congregation is to beef up our existing uh, legacy social media pages. So for, so right now, on average, we've got probably about five different major pages that have probably about 1,000 to 1,500 people in them. And I look at those individuals, each one of those as being critical uh, from a six degrees of separation perspective to then be able to then evangelize about what we're doing to bring more people in. So, for example, we've got a a pop-up shop um, uh, directory that we're putting together uh, so that anybody who who owns a pop-up shop, who's got a pop-up shop market, they, they actually can use the directory. We've got a pop-up shop category in there where they can search by city and state to actually find one another. And, and so one of the things that I, that I did, speaking to how do we get people into the system, is that I just kind of pulled back and just, and just looked at where was, where's the need? Uh, who needs infrastructure? And so we, we, that, that particular community, uh, when we reached out, they reached back. And so literally right now, I've got a Facebook page that has probably about 800 um, uh, pop-up shop uh, members in it, where they're literally, every time they sign up, they submit their email address to us. Now, I'm an old marketing guy, right? <laughs> um, and I, I do a lot of data mining, digital marketing. Emails are critical to growth. In fact, that's how, uh, essentially, again, all of these major platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, group, uh, was from the email databases that users had. Uh, that's even, in fact, how uh, rideshare companies grow, right? 
hey, submit your friends, invite your friends to our platform. So understanding that that link and that methodology uh, is tried and true uh, and proven, that's one of the things that we're interacting right, that we engage right now. So literally in about a, a month, we're going to launch our uh, My Black World newsletter where we'll then pull from the email addresses that we got and then essentially at that particular point start to be able to create uh, some critical mass and even feedback when we start to automate these systems so you're in into the, the main problem. So you're in it for the long haul is what you're saying. You're dedicated to you building it to piece be. by piece and block by block. You have to be. Uh, <laughs> because, because, go ahead. No, I, I, I was, I'm, I'm going to say there's, there's a lot of crowdsourcing sort of involved in what you're going to do. And one of the things right. that we're, that uh, we're that, that one of the topics that we're sort of interested in is, um, you know, when crowdsourcing uh, goes wrong, um, you know, uh, the, the, the cancel culture and the shaming culture on social media. Um, right. And so, I mean, to some degree, you're going to have to you're going to have to find a way to police that on your site. Absolutely. And then also, I think what's also critical about that, guys, you know, speaking, speaking of old school and, 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 and looking at how things uh, have been done in the past and what you need to do. You, if, if anybody who runs a system, um, you have to actually have a strong backbone. You have to have some principles, right? So, so if you're, if you're trying to run a system that has, that will have, very extremely divergent views uh, and, and interests. You have to make sure that those who are joining that, that system understand the principles of it. And so, yes, you're right. There are going to be instances where we might come up against that. Um, and then that's where you expect your principles or in fact, your principles should endure. Like one of the, one of the media outlets that you mentioned was Facebook. And Facebook does a lot of things now, um, especially after this election, during this election, right before this election, they got into the fact checking and throwing that up right. on, you know, whenever someone comes up with, with something that's absolutely ludicrous or crazy and everything that needs to be fact checked. We didn't, we didn't used to need these things. You know, people just right. knew better than to just run off at the mouth because we just call you dumb motherfuckers. But like now it's like right. it's like almost like it's an acceptable thing. So what you're saying is that you're building a reverse parlor. You've heard of parlor, right? Yes. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah, that's right. Without without necessarily it being a reaction to something like parlor, right? But but yeah, that's right. A, a space of our own. Um, right. But yes. And you know the concept behind parlor is that it was was that it's built it's built upon um, anti censorship. It's like, you know, it's something, it's against the cancel culture. And that's like the greatest appeal. That's the greatest like draw to it. Because like, you know, this is a place where people can come and they can speak to their, speak to their feelings and speak to their emotions and, you know, their cultures, whatever it is. Like, I'm sure I can't get on. I heard they have a social security requirement. So I'm, I'm assuming that they use that to identify whether or not you are. Indian, Latino, Hispanic, or other, or black, or whatever, you know. But I'm sure I couldn't. Right. Get, I'm sure I couldn't get on that, you know. And what you're talking about building is something like almost the opposite. You're you speak in terms of like starting out as really as a hub for for all things like black culturally businesses, um, conversation, things of that nature. But you really have a broader view for that. 
But is that right. something that is that something that you think like people will will like gravitate towards? But you know, because it seems like right now, at least in these in these couple of months, who knows? You know, with COVID the way it's going. You know, um, right. all these people dying every day. Who knows? You could have a cluster and a whole segment of people could just die out in one day. And then, like, there's no parlor or there's no, like, you know, it's just like, it's just statistical. Don't laugh. It's just statistical. It could happen. It would be an anomaly. But it could happen. Listen, uh, after going through the year that we've gone through, uh, I don't I don't rule anything out. <laughs> um <laughs> I mean, look, yeah. if you, come on, guys, if, you know, if you literally take the last, like, five years and you were to go back 10, 15 years previous and were, and were to run that reel, you literally would get laughed out the room. Oh, definitely. Uh, as, as, as being, as being unre- unrealistic, you know, et cetera. And how could we, how could we as a people go back, so to speak? Oh, definitely. Um, so, oh, definitely. Because I, I mean, like the ad that I had sent you guys to talk about what was going on over at uh, Harvard for college. Like, it's like, I think it's I think it's good that, like, you know, they have this protest based upon people not being woke enough and everything. But right. we couldn't have gotten away with that in 1987. Like, you know, we're right. It's a different it's definitely a generational thing. It, it, it's a different world on so many different levels. I mean, Gary Hart got run out of the presidential race because he had a girlfriend. <laughs> right. And the current right. president, you know, right. it's got, you know, baby mamas all over the place, raw dog and porn stars, like <laughs> yeah, you name man. it. You name the infraction, he's done it. Yeah, he's done it. It's like, you know. So it's like in some in well, some ways they say that things are that things are better and they're more woke, but it's like when you put it that way, Rob you know, Gary Hart, well, we don't, we don't I, know what ha- what happened sexually with Gary Hart, but we right. have like, we have affidavit about the president, you know? Well, I think, I think that, and, and, and I, and I think what's really also kind of strange is that the conversation that we're all having right now, I'm sure we've had these conversations, we have these conversations at least five times a week with different people. Because the time that we're in is so remarkable in that way. Well, I, 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 have, to, I, I have to honestly say I have to stop. I'm going to let you continue, but I don't because, like, you know, I want my brain to survive 2020. So if I do anything, <laughs> if, I have, if I have that conversation five times a day and everything, I, I my brain will go to mush. It's how I deal with it. It's how I cope. I really don't. But go ahead. But most people do. Well, and I was there. I was there. So I'll right, admit, I right. was there. I'm recovered. Yeah, I think that I, I think that when we so when we're talking about things like cancel culture, and then in fact some of the things that I mean, guys, it's a very uh, real, it's a it's a reality that yes, as more people enter, uh, uh, you know, the website, there will be these tensions. In fact, I've, I've actually already had to deal with. The- Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Dynamic of black LTGB, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and understanding how then that's going to then clash with the traditional uh, uh, church culture, et cetera. Uh, so those things are, you know, those things are already at the fore. Um, but, but what I, but what I think is, is, is important is that 
one of the things that has happened is that is that even though we have greater access to information as as human beings as thinking people, that doesn't mean that we're always uh, uh, accessing it, and that we're secondarily we're always comprehending it. And so I think that one of the things that has one of the things that's happened, you know, from days of of, of, of old to now, is that in, in in previous generations there were gatekeepers to who was, who was able to have the microphone in public space. Right. And those people were kind of vetted, um, for better or worse. Um, now we have this great democratization uh, of quote-unquote media and who has a voice. And that both has, that has both uh, good and some very complex implications. And so I, I think that as a, as a, as a, as a people, we're all kind of navigating this extremely new space of how do we, as you were talking about Facebook earlier, uh, trying to deal with uh, its way of, of trying to figure out how to, you know, label things, um, how to filter, so to speak. You know, we're all having to try and figure out these new ways of creating filters. And just like you said, Ed, you know, you had to create a filter where, hey, I can't have this conversation five times a day. So we're all having to figure out, I think that's that's the age right now that we're in, which is over the next 10 years, 10, 15 years, we'll be figuring out how to create effective filters that both allow, that, 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 are, that are just, but then that also block out things that are, are a low, low vibration and, and, and unproductive. Most uh, because that's really, yeah, I mean, th- that's what I actually see us encountering the most yeah. is that is that for, for every good comment or, or good piece of information that, you know, that bolted our way, there's at least 10 times as much, um, you know, more me- mediocrity that we have to kind of swim through. And I think that's the frustrating thing about this time in media. Most definitely, because um, you can pretty much find garbage any place. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know. You- and, so, and so it speaks to context. And no, it speaks you know? to content and it speaks to, it speaks to, like, you know, per, I I couldn't do anything like that's like really half-assed. It's like, this is about as half-assed as I get. It's pretty half-assed, but it's not completely and totally half-assed. A lot of people, like, they just, they'll do pretty much anything just to get attention at this point. And that's, and that kind of speaks to the, to the, to the world that we live in too. It's a, it's right. an internet media. It's an Instagram. I'll look at, you know, take my picture. And it's like, I look so good. And then like, you know, as soon as it's, as soon as like the camera's off, it's like, you got this big frown on your face and you're so depressed because right. like, you're not as, you're not as pretty as the next person or it's like, and everyone needs attention. And like, you know, you, you mentioned like, you mentioned something like interesting. You mentioned um LGBTQ. And everything, or I'll be honest, like I'm an older guy. I don't know what number the, what, where the letters are supposed to go, where the, you know, the B, the G, T, Q, because like, you know, and that is something like that, a statement like that for me is enough for people to come at me and be like, let's cancel this motherfucker. He don't even take the time to know my letters and everything. But the truth of the matter is, like, I don't, I just don't, it's not so much that I'm not interested in knowing your letters. I'm really, it's like, that's like one of many things I'm not interested in, like, really memorizing. I look at people and I look at people as people. You know, I don't have right. a problem with 
X, Y, or Z, or like, you know, I'm not like, you know, I like something, something that I read today, like kind of, it kind of, it kind of like, you know, it, it kind of like brought it to the forefront. And it's just so, it's just not some, I, I don't understand like sometimes the things that we choose to cancel, you know, it's like, do we even think about like, there's so much, there's so much more complexity to just like, to just, to just like saying that this doesn't belong here anymore. How do you know it doesn't belong right. there if you don't have a conversation about it? You right. know, just because, just because you're aggressed doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means that it's right. like one of many things that upset you. There are many things that everyone is upset by different people. We are different people. I think that, and I think that it it, it speaks to kind of where we all gonna, where we're going to have to get to uh, when it comes to just mature conversation, mature conversation, um, and ma- maturity doesn't yeah. start with maturity doesn't start with me shutting with me shutting people down because no. I, I don't agree with them. You know, it's just right. like we've we've been through some we've been through so many different things as a people and as a group and everything that I just don't think that I don't think that as speaking for what they would call quote unquote, the black community, I don't think that we have the opportunity to really like shut people down and cancel people. I think we need more no. that we need a, we need a reform system. You know, if there's a problem, well, we need a reform system. And, 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 and I think that it, that also speaks to the point that we also have to realize that we need each other. Yes. Um, and, and that there are, there are no expendable, right? Have. And there are no, and there there are no none of us are expendable or are as expendable as we would like to, uh, to think. And 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 and, and again, I mean, our, our culture, almost anything you want, you know, whether it's food, conversation, love, sex, whatever, everything is really instant. So we have a hard time dealing with things that frustrate us uh and and having the patience to understand that there's another that, that there's another frequency that that's a little bit more internal a little bit more human uh a little bit more humanistic that we need to actually uh tap into and have the patience to understand something that i don't or people that we don't understand yeah. And 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 we have to we have to get to that point, you know. I and think that, that's the that's the only way. And that and that's really a human statement. It's not just a. It's just not a um, minority statement or a melanated statement. That's a human statement. We all need to, you know, sit back and relax a little bit more and maybe think things through before you talk. My mother always told me, like I would say, reckless reckless things as a little kid, and she would say, like you know, straight up, shut the fuck up. And always think before you fucking speak, before you open up your mouth, know that what you say is going to be something that you're going to be able to stand behind. So um, it kind of teaches you to keep your mouth shut and teaches you to like sit back and observe things and learn things a little bit better and deeper. And I don't think that that observation and part of that, that observation technique and that skill has been passed along for the past generations. And I don't think that it's any parents fault. I think it's more due to the messages that we receive on television. It's um, due to the video games that we play. It's due to the way that we're portrayed and different things. The little tiny things that a sociologist or a psychologist could, could tell you that you've been exposed to and that you're being exposed to on a daily basis that the layperson just doesn't know. 
So then it comes down to you, like, you know, do you, are you really responsible for your behavior? And a lot of times it's like, you know, no, you know, Rob. Yeah. Uh, I think that. And so, so that point, uh, and, and going back to what you were saying about, uh, it's not a black thing in terms of, you know, the way folks, you know, respond, uh, uh, with, with potentially not being mature about, uh, how, how one might react to certain things because we, we actually, it is not a black thing exclusively. We actually adopted that. And see, that's another thing too, where sometimes we don't realize from a macro perspective that we're actually adopting uh, bad habits from the larger culture internally uh, between one another, even though we think that we might actually be speaking in, in a very uh, uh, unique style. No, we're not. We actually got uh, cancel culture from the larger culture which has to do with, you know, the sign that said black, white only, uh, you know, it, it, you, there was no dialogue there. You were canceled, you know? And so we don't realize that the ethos of, of kind of, of, of judging and cutting folks off that we adopted, we, we just simply adopted that from the larger culture, which was not itself, uh, which has never demonstrated the ability to be mature uh, about differences. Uh, the, the the larger culture has created some of the terms that I mean the shame culture you know there's a there's a term that um, that my good friend John has inspired over the years um, the, the n word lover um, you know that right, was a shame right, thing right. that was a shame thing that That's was that right. was their way of of shaming another person you know the term poor That's white right. trash it's not something that we created it's something that they created talking about their own people I, there, there's a book out by Isabel Wilkerson now called cast the uh, the origins of our discontents and it talks about the American it looks at the american race issue through the the lens of caste and when That's you look at right. it that way it's a very clear caste system and they have always um reinforced that caste and language is one of the ways that they've used to reinforce the caste right and 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 and, uh, and unwittingly we don't realize how much we, um, in, in, in just the, in an operational perspective in life, how we have adapted that uh, because we function in it. And she's absolutely right. We live in a caste system. And, and one of the ways that you survive in the caste system is you understand what the rules are uh, so that you can create the least amount of friction so that you can move on to the next stage. Um, and so you're absolutely right. And so that that's one of the things that, Again, when we deal with the, the cancel culture dynamic, uh, you know, I've got I've got a website that is no that is that is very bold, right? My Black World and what it stands for and and what it projects. But at the same time, I'm not uh, um, I'm not in any way uh, imprisoned by the idea that that the only expression uh, or, or, or that the only suitable voices are necessarily black. What I'm interested in are, are, are things that are black interesting, uh, things that support black interests. Uh, so, yes, I can have a white person that can be a member of my site. Hey, yeah, no, not a problem. So long as you support black interests. Uh, well, because there's the. Well, well because Mr. Brooks, blah, blah, let me say. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Mr. Like Mr. Brooks always makes the always makes the point where what sixteen percent of the population, twelve or sixteen percent of the population, you know, in order for you to in order for you to achieve anything, you always consistently must be looking for allies in different areas, <laughs> or else 
you're going to lose. That is critical. Or and see that right there, that point right there, that speaks, that goes back, that speaks in a very important and legacy way back to the civil rights movement and what people don't understand right now contextually about that movement. Uh, and, and where folks try and exclude other people, not understanding that, hey, if you don't have allies, you won't win. And, and that's, that's and that's in no way and that's in no way uh, undercutting or diminishing the power or the priority uh, of black interest. It actually is emboldening those um, because it, it allows you to have greater strength. You know, when a when a when a, when a squadron of fighters, fighter jets are trying to eliminate another squadron of fighter jets. Uh, they they all team up on one and, and knock them out one by one in that way. They don't just simply go all scattered. Um, and so the thing about it is you actually have to pull together coalitions um, and, 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 and get allies and make things happen because otherwise, you know, you know, again, you know, what's our count in the population? You know, yeah, well, you can do the math. Yeah, it's that. De- no, it's definitely it's definitely true because you're we're always like outnumbered. You know, I think that the real goal with I think the real goal with the community though is that is that um we've done a very poor job of sticking together and building any type of coalition or any type of strength that can actually make no. a demand that can actually be po- that can that you can actually hold people accountable to, and that's where the big that's difference right. is. And that's where, and that's where um, the messages that consistently keep each and every one of us apart and everything hating on one another for whatever reasons. That's where we go. That's where we go wrong, you know. And uh, but one of the things about that about that protest, because I, I keep going back to that protest, because I, I I really like the situations that involved it were that surrounded it were were like kind of like they were very. It was kind of like interesting to me. Um, the students were claiming, you know, reparations were were owed to the students at that at one point. They were claiming that um, a liberal college was not liberal enough for them, and um, most like tellingly, they threatened anyone who spoke out against against it with um, being ostracized and basically being canceled. And everything. And I find that the most funny part about it, because it's like, you know, that is exactly the the same thing that we're talking about, about you when you become your oppressor. You know, now we're going to take the we're going to take the same tactics that they used on us and use them against us. So it's like this is this is like, you know, something that started probably thousands of rules and of um, guerrilla military rules in countries in Africa, you know, um, You know, it's the same. It's the same tactic, and it's like these these things aren't. It can't. It can't be this way. We have to have a better. We have to have a better plan. It's like somewhere along the line, and to me, I saw a lot of those students transferred out of the school, and that's what I found the most interesting thing. You know, um, they didn't want to, they just didn't want to deal with it because like, you know, we all have a right to our own. And that, that's another thing. Like, you know, do these students, like, are these students, are, are they racist white people because they transferred out because they just don't want to be bothered or are they just people who just don't want to be bothered? You know, how is this going to affect right. their perception for the rest of their lives? Are they going to now look at every black person that has a grievance, whether it be strong or not? 
as being like, you know, if we don't bow down to them, that's like it kind of gets the uh, it kind of gets these academics to dig in. I expect like Trumpers right. to dig in because like, you know, right. they've got pickup trucks, you know, <laughs> digging. Well, and, and look, you know, and, well, and the thing is, the thing is, is that what's the value of like, and that's another thing, too, that I see. Like we don't, there's, we don't, a lot of people don't value nuance, right? Um, you know, sometimes things are not A or B. Sometimes things aren't as binary as we want them to be uh, and packaged so neatly. Sometimes there's a lot of gray area, uh, which is where life, you know, ha- occurs most of the time. And I think that we just, we just have not grappled with that because it's, it, honestly, I, th- I just think that instead of sometimes, uh, uh, having to, to, to think about something, uh, having to spend the time to deliberate, it's just quicker to just simply, you know, flip a switch. And, and we're so used to doing that. Um, and, and, and I think that that's kind of, you know, once we start to begin to value nuance a little bit more, I really think that helps, but that is actually nowhere in the dialogue at all. Nobody's actually teaching that, instructing that, and, and I think that's, be. you know, that's kind of critical. And it definitely yeah. should be. And, it definitely should be. And Alvin, you know what? Listen, I know you told me that you were, I know that you told me that you were, um, you were strapped for time tonight. Do you still have to go? You want to finish out the hour? Well, you know what? I'll tell you what, I'll give you, uh, uh, I, I probably have another, give me, give me another 10 minutes. Okay. Um, because, because there's also one, one other point that I wanted to make, and it has to do with, kind of the, the digital technology dynamic for which we're actually kind of all speaking through, right? Uh, we're, 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 we're all interacting and speaking with one another, canceling one another, uh, uh, getting news or video about one another uh, through these mediums. And I think that what happens is that there is a false sense of camaraderie that occurs when we're looking at, I mean, let's be honest with you. Let's be honest about this. When we're looking at avatars, right, like virtual representations of ourselves, but not necessarily, you know, real people uh, in a real sense. And that was exactly and what I, I thought. Think- is that is that actually real? When you started with that, I was thinking, <laughs> is it actually real? But please go on. <laughs> well, and, and 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 this is the thing. One of the reasons I wanted to do my Black World is that I wanted to have a, a, a safe harbor a trust network, if you will. And we need to start understanding and using that phrase when we start dealing with ourselves online through these various networks, um, because I don't trust every profile that I see. I don't trust a lot of things that I see because now, what happens is... That's the fucking it, truth. Hold on, I got to cut you off. Now, I know that's the mm-hmm. fucking truth because as soon as you said that, first thing I'm thinking is FBI infiltrators, Black Panthers, Dashiki John just Man. came and started thinking that there's never going to be a platform in America that is based upon race that is not infiltrated and not watched with uh, with um, a close, close microscopic eye, everything that you do, just assume that they're listening. I assume they're listening to this shit right now, right now. I think yeah, that's that, right. I'm not even posting this motherfucker yet, and it's going straight <laughs> through my thing. They're listening to the shit before it gets posted, because if I say anything too bad, all the power in my house is going out, and the SWAT team is coming in. But go on, say it. Go ahead, continue. But, but- 
but I think what's important about that though, this co- this goes to the ownership dynamic. Okay. So as an owner, as an owner, you know, just like let's say let's say I own an apartment complex, and let's say the police wanted to come on to that property to surveil, I don't know, apartment B. Well, if I would just simply a tenant in that apartment complex, I might not ever know that the police had to file a petition or an order to come onto my property. Okay. Um, so, so then, therefore, I'm aware uh, of the circumstance. But again, the power of ownership. So with my network, I have the ability to actually see uh, the interactions and, 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 and scan the data to see what's going on. In fact, actually, in my uh, 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 network, I actually have a deputy sheriff in there. Okay. Uh, how do I know? I was able to scan uh, the email addresses, and he literally signed up from his precinct, right? Mm-hmm. So he's not watching me. Mm-hmm. I'm watching him. <laughs> <laughs> okay? Go. It goes both ways when you have ownership. Yeah. So, so I, get to, see, I get to this, see what... He's going to pass this podcast along, so... I'll... <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I get to... Robert and I both have friends and family that are like, you know, in the police, retired from the police. Yeah. Like every like day. My gym was uh was pretty much before COVID was like, you know, police central. Everyone from right. the SCPD was there. And like, you know, we're taking spin classes to get together and then, you know, they're slapping each other on the butt in the thing. I don't know. That's something different. Maybe I might have to edit that out. <laughs> Maybe I want them to come in. But, I'm just joking, guys. I'm just but, joking. Guys. But no, but the, no, but the, no, but the point is, the point is, is that they are, you know, they are part of the fabric of our of our society. Most definitely. And so I don't. The, the way I look at these, the way I look at our society, is the same way I look at it as a network. Uh, it's not, it, it, you know, if I'm driving down the street and the light turns green. And a car whizzes in front of me running their red light. The problem isn't with the structure of the traffic system. That design is fine. The problem is with the drivers. So I look at our system much like really what we're trying to replace. And if we have issues with police, et cetera, the first thing I'm looking at is the personnel. The city cops. Um, the city cops. Yeah. Is that, Just call it what it is, it, the city uh, cops. We're trying to get rid yeah, of the city and cops. And it, the other ones are okay. Well, Listen, I've if I if I've met thirty cops and my police officers in my life, and everything, twenty four of them, twenty five of them were cool. You know, it's right. those other five yeah, officers. Yeah. I don't. Well, and, and that's the thing. You know? I, I'm not in that neighborhood. You're not in that neighborhood. No, well, you know, I, where I live is a very nice <laughs> suburban area, and I get the feeling that if you're in town and they pull up behind you, they run your plate. If your plate says here, right. You're in your township. They leave you alone. Right. Uh, if your plate is from someplace else. But I am one of the people who also believes that 
if you have 25 good cops and five bad cops and those 25 good cops don't speak up and get rid of those bad cops, then really what you have is 30 bad cops. It's definitely a problem. It's definitely a problem. That's right. I mean, I listen, I had an I had an, an interaction. This brings me like, you know, back to my back to like my gym and then like getting dressed and everything. And this guy was um he's a he was like um a retired detective, you know, very high up. Okay. You know, I've got judges in there, I've got like, you know, and we were talking and we were talking about all the stuff. He says, Well, he goes like, you know, well, John, you know, you get pulled over, what do you what's your first thing gonna do? I'm I said, Well, I'm gonna handle my license and I'm gonna ask him, you know, Saying, like, you know, how you doing today, officer? Why'd you pull me over? He paused and goes, oh, man, that's not good. I'm like, well, why is that not good? Because I have the right to know why I'm being pulled over at that point in time. I'm not 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 giving him my ID, you know, not giving him my license. I'm letting him know that, you know. And then he's like, well, you know, with all this. I said, look, man, I said, check this out. I said, I show everybody respect. When I see you, and this is the truth, I call everyone sir, I call, you know, ma'am, miss, whatever. That's just the way I am. That's the way I was raised. I show people respect. I give you that respect off the top. Whether you lose that as the conversation goes along, that's up to you. Like, seriously, it's completely and totally up to you and how you're going to respond and how we're going to interact from that point. But I asked him, I said. Did he tell you how you should have handled that interaction? Well, well, I'm going to get to that, but I, okay. I just want to get to the end. But, and I said, like, you know, and I said, well, look, I said, listen, I'm a man just like you're a man, right? You know, we're sitting here, we're having this conversation like like men. And I was like, now, because I don't, I said, and you're the one with the gun. This is the guy, he's the one with the gun. So I'm asking him, but without your gun, are you any less more of a man? I just want to, like, you know, that's that's where the conversation got to. I, I was like, listen, if you don't have your gun, are you still a man? Does that still make you a man? Are you still a man? I'm still going to respect you, you, you like you a got, man. You got far afoot on that one. Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I did. And he was he, he looked at me, and he was looking at me like, and listen, I know these guys. Like, I was go- I've been going to this gym for, like, two years. You know, it's like, I, I know these guys. I, I know them, and I know which ones are, like, you know, are more likely to hit you upside with the Billy Club and which ones aren't and everything. It's a he lot of He definitely walked out of that thing, and that nigga does not know his place. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was basically, <laughs> it was probably part of it. It was probably part of, like, what his thought process. But me, I'm still thinking I'm a citizen like everybody else. I have the right to know, you know what I'm saying, what's going on with, with this stop. I'm not carrying any right. drugs with me. I'm not carrying any any guns. I'm not disrespecting you and everything. I'm yeah. a citizen just like, you know, anyone else that you're going to pull over today. I expect to yeah. be treated the same way. But he, but yeah, he really, he really was like, he was like, you know, he looked at me, he was like, yeah. But then he was like, yeah, he was like, you know, you're kind of right. Because I, I, I forgot a lot of the conversation and I bought it, a, I made it a little bit deeper and I brought him around the like, you know, to the point where he was understanding that you're like, we're all just people just trying to get through the day. But was it, and this is part of my problem with policing and, and while, um, Alvin said that we don't have a structural problem. We have a people problem. I think there is a slight structural problem in that most police forces have taken on an author- an authoritarian bend. Like you right. walk up to the, you walk no, up to the car, who are you to question me? Yes. I pulled you over. Who are you to question me? Yes. Like, well, I thought right. you were here to protect and serve me, the taxpayer. Right. All of us. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. 
So it's but like, did he, did he, did he, you said that he told you how you should have handled that interaction. How um, he said, did he recommend you he handle said, that interaction? He Keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that too. You've heard that too, and and it's yeah, and it's really it's really strange. And when I hear uh, a quote unquote civil servant say something like that, it it throws me uh, because I understand I understand where they're coming from, and and they're not coming from a professional place, uh, but I'm understanding that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still kind of jarring because you realize that this person is not properly. I mean, in a way, I, I look at them as like, you shouldn't be on the street. You're not ready for this, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. They're no, not trained no, enough. No, but that's the but that's the truth. It's like if you're the way I the way I always feel about it is like if you're if your fallback is always going to be I'm scared. You shouldn't be you shouldn't be doing that job. Like seriously. Right. Like, you know, and then say right. and then they say, Well, you know, well, you, you went to an office every day and everything. Yeah, because I didn't want to do that shit. You know what I'm saying? But right. if I did do that shit, you better believe I wouldn't be scared. I could tell you some stories about the hip hop business that'll fucking freeze your put icicles in your underwear, you know, about shit right. that happened. You know, but I walked in there, I wasn't scared because if you do, more likely than not, you're not gonna walk out. So you can't be scared, you know, and nobody got shot or killed, or at least not that I can admit. Statue of limitations isn't up yet. <laughs> well, and the thing about it is, and my, and my my next, you know, at least internal question is, like, who forced you to take this job? Right. Like like when. Well, that's that's part of the structure. And that's that's what really gets into. That's where the fund, the police and all that gets into, because these aren't these jobs are really legacy positions for a lot of these people. It's like their fathers were police officers. Their grandfathers were police officers. If they don't work in the police, then, you know, a cousin does or an aunt wife, you know, wife gets married. She goes and works somewhere in the department. It's all legacy stuff. And everything, and that's what I try to explain to people that you think that you're fighting against the policy, or you think that you're fighting against just like these people that hate you. It's not just that they hate you; it's that it's not. It may not even be that they actually hate you. It's the fact that they're looking at literally taking food off of their tables. When you talk about the front and the police, and you talk about striking everything. That's literally the way they look at it is like, okay, well, Sammy is like 17 years old. Five years from now, there may not be as many slots available. And that's uh, you used, you, yeah. Use the term defund the police. Uh, and I'll put this question to both of you. Um, President Obama caught a little bit of smoke earlier in the week because he said it's a bad slogan. Mm-hmm. Um, he says it doesn't achieve its purposes. Where do you guys stand on the defund the police as a slogan? Terrible slogan. And as a concept. You can talk about it as a concept as well, but terrible, as a slogan first. Terrible, terrible slogan. Absolutely horrible slogan, just like the worst. The worst. The worst slogan. The idea behind it, the concept behind it, fantastic. The slogan fucking sucks. You know what I'm saying? Alvin. I don't know who's doing the print for this generation, but you know, you motherfuckers need to call me up before you start doing these things. Maybe hit me up beforehand because like, you know, and I see like a lot of people, they're like, you know, well, it's not that it's the, listen, you already, when you, when it goes, as soon as you say, it's not that you fucking lost me. You lost me. It's yeah. Time. I mean, 
from a from a from a P, from a PR perspective, exactly. In politics, if you're having to redefine what you mean, mm-hmm. uh, then then you're you're losing on messaging. Uh, I think that I think that it came from a, it was an emotional reaction, which is actually fine and legitimate. The, the, but it's just about things. But when we're actually trying to, to create a campaign around that, we then try and figure out how to refine that and how to actually speak and reach people. But what then does, that goes to the point where. Go ahead. That goes to the point where folks aren't really trying to reach anybody. Well, uh, that, it's just simply. Now, now I have to go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's it's the fucking Trump effect. That's like that we've picked up from everything that's gone on over the last eight years. Everything is fucking lazier. Everything is lazier. It's true. Everything is fucking lazier because like if Trump could like say something stupid, like, you know, and make people believe it, we can do the same thing. Why should we have to fucking be the smart? Yeah, that's right. You have to kind of like, it's like, you know, it's the dumbing down of everything. Everything has been dumbed down to the point where something like to fund the police and everything actually sounds like a good idea. And it's it's like, you know, the concept is a great fucking idea because we because like, you know, if it's it's very simple, it's like. You take away from police budgets, you put it into education budgets. History shows and sociology and all these different things show you that an educated population is less violent. Okay? It's that simple. But if you do the reverse and you take it and you put it into jails and you put it into police, then you're going to get an incarcerated population because that's where you put your money. So, go ahead. Well, I'm, I think that if they, I think that if they were, you know, if you were kind of going to refine that PR, and really what you're talking about is reprogram the police. Uh, that sounds like something more constructive. I came up um, with something when and, I was high, like reallocate, re reallocate, reactivate. Um, no, rec- <laughs> reallocate, recognize, and organize. Clearly, you were high. Right. I was definitely high. <laughs> That's a, that's a lot of syllables for a slogan, Holmes. Yes, but uh, you know we're trying to put about, that shit on a bumper sticker. What, you better be driving an SUV. What was it? What were Jesse Jackson's? What was Jesse Jackson saying back in the day that was working? Up with hope, down with dope. Yeah, was very effective. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, and also, you know, you got a, a situation too where. I think very crafty in a very crafty way, people didn't want to create a, a, a standard, you know, organization that can quote unquote have a structure that can be attacked and dismantled by quote unquote the system um, to, and create a movement. Okay. So that, that, that works to a certain level. Uh, but then if you're really trying to um, uh, effectuate change um, in, in specific ways, you actually have to kind of put something on the line. You know, and, and sometimes, you know, you might have you might have to have that martyr, you know, um, you know, that folks rally around or 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 somebody who can guide and lead the way. You definitely need the motto. You just need a better one. You need a better one. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Martyr. I mean, that martyr. Oh, martyr. Oh, yeah, martyr. the martyr in terms of. So, so, okay. so, but yeah, if you're going to then somebody's got to put, somebody's gotta put get some skin in the game. Yeah, yeah. Because without that, without that, what ends up happening, and, and this is what has happened, and, and Trump's actually done it, right? I'll put it to you this way. Okay, so Trump is the skin in the game on the other side, right? He's all in. 
a hundred percent. And so what happens is, is that when there's no skin in the game on the other side, uh, somebody like Trump gets to gets to define what your movement is. I mean, think about what he's done as it relates to kneeling. He came in and redefined what that was. It was against the military. Uh, Black Lives Matter. He was able to come in and define what that was, right? Uh, it's socialist. It's Marxist. It's whatever. And you didn't actually have a, a, an effective retort to any of that. And messaging matters. So, yes, he lost this election. But look at the same time. I mean, look at the type of support that he still had, right? 70 that was million about Americans able, voted for him. Okay, uh, because there was no effective retort to say, hey, you know what? No, this is what's going on. And yes, I'm standing in the fucking breach. Yeah. You know, I, I'm here. I mean, Don, Donald, like, you know, he came right on time. He just kind of he kind his way through. It's like I almost like whenever I look at him, I'm just like, you know, fuck. You know, even if you don't like the guy, even if you don't like the guy, you have to admire the way that he turned these people upside down and around. Like you know, you look at the NFL owners. Like I couldn't believe what happened with Colin Kaepernick back then, and I'm gonna tell you why. I'm like, you know, Rob and I are both avid sports fans. Okay, we all know that Donald Trump wanted to buy into the NFL. And they did not right. let him buy into the NFL. And he was so pissed. He had a tantrum and he started the USFL and that fucking right. failed. So that didn't work. So it's like, so after all these years, Donald Trump is not a forgiving man. Okay. Right. He's not, this is not the guy that you're going to be like, oh, oh, pa, please forgive me for stealing your lump of coal. He's going to say, get out of here, Rocky. You know, that's like, you know, that's his style. Okay. Yeah, I just went off, right. the, I went off the rails. Like, it was like the, the Song of the South and a Christmas Carol. Like, you, that was like one of the craziest matchups everything, ever. everything bad you can imagine. Like, I just want you to get the worst possible picture. This is Donald Trump. And then he goes, and then he goes and he takes these people and he says, listen, you guys, you can't have this guy kneeling. And you've got to make a stand here. And those idiots listened to them and they ruined their cash cow. And they deserve it. They deserve it 110% because they had no courage and no, they had no conviction whatsoever. They, they had no, they showed no backbone whatsoever. So all of the losses that the NFL owners took as a result of following Donald Trump, they earned each and every one of those dollars that they lost. Okay? Right. This guy but not just con the fuck out of them. And like Donald Trump for that one, like honestly, you're leaving now. Let me just give you your props. You fucked the NFL. Great job. Great job. Go ahead. Well well the thing is is that I mean that that has been the case for every category. You know, whether it's the NFL, whether it's uh, the Senate, whether it's governors. I mean, you know, so so essentially what he what he what he what he basically did was he came in as a political mob figure for, you know, against a, a genteel political system that actually thought it was tougher and it had more principles than it actually had. And so when the Godfather essentially stepped in the room as narcissistic as he was and challenged all them to essentially, you know, uh, shoot their first kill 
and be a part of the team or be cast aside. They couldn't stomach being cast aside because they didn't stand for anything uh, singularly. And obviously they realized they didn't stand for anything collectively. So that's kind of, you know, that, that was basically his style. He pretty much kind of, he pretty much kind of revealed that all this shit that we have been hearing about the country and all of our morals and principles, that it was all actually all just kind of built on bullshit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, there's something that, that that's possible there, um, but the people who are actually um, the practitioners, they, they they really didn't stand for it. Yeah, we have to, you know, as a country, you know, not not just black people, all people, we have to really just sit back after these four years. Take a, It's like almost like, you know, you're at the club and it's time for us all to go outside and have a smoke and just collect ourselves and find out what the fuck is going on inside there. You know, because like, you know, we don't have we really don't have a clue right now. It's like, you know, half of these people like, you know, are happy with you getting shot. Seventy million people. You know, getting shot, get, you getting shot is not a deal breaker. You know, okay, that's a that's a serious thought process. You know, you have to really consider that. And you well, know, go ahead. Well, and even where we are now, the idea that hey, you lost an election, but you know what? I'm going to mount a slow moving coup. Um, and if I wasn't so incompetent, uh, it could work. Uh, being a legitimate way of, of being God able to behave. Thank God he's. <laughs> but but nonetheless, nonetheless, you have competent people who are signing on to the project, right? That's the scary part. Uh, so for power. the next guy, a love of power. Uh, yeah. Uh. Right. Mm-hmm. So so that you know it it it, it just kind of showed us all up, uh, and I I just think that well, and so with that is an opportunity though for us to kind of rebuild. Uh, from a more authentic place. You know, really, honestly speaking, the best, it's like, you know, as much as as much as much it's been scorched earth in 2020, in the final year of Donald Trump's presidency, it's like scorched earth is sometimes good because you can turn the soil over in, you know, or import some new soil and grow something different. You know, maybe we grow some hemp flower in there and, like, you know, heal some people, <laughs> build some bridges and make some clothing and... Everybody sit down in a tiki and share fire water or something. I don't know. Which is literally happening. Which is literally happening literally in some happening. states. You know, I, was, <laughs> I was going to say I was going to say take your clothes off, but then now we're in a different type of show. So it's you know. Uh, so wait a minute. So we're supposed to have clothes on right now? Uh, well, listen, we're not. We're not doing. We're not doing. <laughs> hey, do what they want to do. Hey, listen, it's it's free form. Whatever, whatever makes okay. you conversate. Listen, right. if it makes you feel better, if it makes your conversations and your points more salient, you know, Louis C.K. could be here. You know, I don't know. <laughs> if, if what he's saying is right, I'm good. Oh, man, I used, to, I, liked, I used to like Louis. You know what's, what's funny? He was like the only comic. He was actually the only non-black comic who actually was able to uh, uh, contextualize slavery. He actually did it on, uh, I forget it was Jimmy Kimmel or somewhere. Yeah. He was, and yeah. he he was, and he was explaining slavery. He was like, "Look, that's like two grandmothers ago or whatever, right?" right. And so the guy had such clarity on 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 certain issues. Yeah, it was hard to you know see him after. Hey, listen, you know, you know the stage one of the that things, way. 
One of the things about this show is that we don't cancel people. I'm not canceling Louis C.K. for whatever his freaky, like, you know, freaky deaky things are. Like I said, like in the yeah. last show, these things have been going on since the beginning of time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to read you about that later. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Louis who- C.K., what Louis C.K. did <laughs> okay. is horseshit, but he deserves to work again if that's what he wants to do. Yeah. Um, you know, horseshit behavior. Um, but he deserves every like everybody else. Once you do your time, you deserve to work again. If that's you know, yeah. don't hey, what about, uh, what about we cancel comedians and quarterbacks? Yeah, comedians are okay. Not, what about, never should be canceled. Go ahead. Right. What about what about, uh, what about Jeffrey Tubin? Who? Jeffrey Tubin at the Jeffrey New York. I, I I think Jeffrey Tubin's thing was an honest mistake. What did he do? Right. Um, he was on a, he was on a staff meeting of the New Yorker and a Zoom staff oh, meeting with the New Yorker, and he, and he thought there was a break. So he was watching some porn on another screen yeah, that's, and that's, uh, taking care of himself. And he forgot to turn off his camera. That could happen. So he did it in front of everybody, which, you know. That could happen. How long was the break? I, I, you know, they, they haven't said ex- one, how, how extensive a, a show it was. One, but two minutes, I'm guessing. <laughs> what, whatever it was, it was clearly too long for CNN and The New Yorker. Um, so look. I mean, America just needs, listen, like, we're not prudes. Come on. Like, you know, this country had the, we've had, we had the roaring 20s in the 20s. That was 1920, 100 years ago. Why do you think they called it roaring? Okay. They were doing that because people were handling their business on Zoom. Yeah, exactly. Not because they were exactly. But like, what is it about you that you're so, like, why are you so pent up that in the middle of a staff meeting, you're like, yo, I got five minutes. I can can clear my head right quick. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like listen. Or, I can't explain it. Or, but or is he admitting? Or is he admitting that the that the that, that a staff meeting that his staff meetings are so boring? Yeah, right? I, that he needed, <laughs> yeah. that that what they're, what they're doing is so unimportant. No, no, no. no. no he, he he's no, he's he's got a problem. He's got to handle. He got to go handle it. That's definitely it. That's definitely. And and, and hopefully you know he'll go. You know, do five weeks of treatment somewhere, whatever, and and you know, hi, my name is Jeffrey. Yeah, I can't stop handling my business. Listen, if you've never, if you've never used a pair of handcuffs, I don't even want you listening to this show. Uh, here, I'll ask you about a different person who, uh, you know, has has taken a hit. Mister, one of Mister Exum's favorites, who he's not canceling, uh, Doctor William H. Cosby. What happened now? What happened now? Ah, ooh, Cosby. What happened now? Did oh, he, he not get but, the appeal? It don't matter. Well, I mean, he's where he belongs. I, I mean, listen, like you know, listen. No, let let Alvin let Alvin tell me what he thinks first. We know okay. what you think. All right. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Alvin. Alvin, take it. Alvin, take the take it. Okay. All right, guys. So look, you you're gonna hate me. You're gonna hate me. I'm gonna just come up front. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say you're gonna hate me now. But but let me do this. Let me tell there's you. There's no hating here. No, you're allowed no, to think what you I'm want to think. Hate, we just think less of you. That's all. I'm going to tell you guys right. I'm going to tell you guys first. First off, I love the Cosby show, okay? We all have the fondest memories. In fact, it's, it's really funny. You know, we're talking about race and culture. He was actually, as far as, he was the first Barack Obama, at least on yeah. television, right? Um, and so, and so obviously much respect there. And there are things that can't be taken away Moving in the along. sense that culture moves. Moving because along. Of but, okay. Now, but at the same time, how, how many? 
what we talking about? It was like 30 women? What, whatever the number was, it was too many. Why is, there, why is there silence as if we, you know, See, so we, it's it's me, me and John sit on different this. points of this. We don't know. We don't know oh, this for sure. John, 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 wait, 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 John. So you're saying he allegedly like, like took I'm advantage saying, of like 30 I'm saying, people. I'm saying that, listen, I'm saying like, honestly, like, I, we, you know, we always make a, a big joke about this and everything, but like, obviously it's not a joke. You know, it's definitely not a right. joke. And like, like I right. said before, like, you know, I believe that things definitely did happen. My biggest problem with the whole Cosby thing being in jail is the way that they convicted him. The things that they did to get him behind bars, which were completely and totally wrong. And it was, it was like a vendetta and it just, it's just not, it's just not right. If you're going to catch me, catch me. You know, if you're going to catch me, catch me. me Those women had plenty of years when they, when the statute of limitations wasn't up. To basically go in there at any time over those 20, 30 years. To and some of them like, did. And some of them did, but it didn't work out for him, whatever. But you, you know, know, I think, you the know way I think that they got him at the end, I, I just don't like it. As a black man, I just don't like it because I feel like you can, like they can make up anything on you and they can get you. You That's know what? I, biggest problem. You know, you know what I think would have made it a lot better the way he went, John? And maybe you would agree with this. What if. I, I, I think the problem is, is that if had they given Cosby something to drink, right before they hauled him off to jail, and they they had made him a special Cosby cocktail, he would have probably gone. I don't know. He'd probably just woken up in jail, right? Right, right, right. He, he'd have just he'd have just woken up in jail. But the assumption he'd have wondered that- how he. But the assumption is that he never tried one of those cocktails. And like, you know, like I've said like I've said before, it's like that was Quaaludes were like the drug of choice in the sixties. This is what they were using to party with. They were that was the what? Did they know? I mean, did the other party know <laughs> that, did, that they were at the party? That they were that they, kind of party? People, listen, listen. This is what I, this is one of the reasons why we have these shows. It's not just for culture. It's not just for context for ages, but it's for context for ages. If you look at right. movies from the sixties, the seventies, and eighties, I watched a fucking movie with Johnny Depp and the dude Rob Morrow and everything, where there was some. It was some resort hotel. And it was this was nineteen eighty it was like nineteen eighty seven or something like that, eighty five. And one of the things in the movie was that they were like, What are you gonna do to get this girl? Oh, I'm gonna give her a quaalude. Gives the girl a quaalude. Oh, and then we're gonna have a good time. This was like written into the fucking script of the movie. I, I, I hear you. I absolutely hear you, but I will say this. Fortunately, thank God or whomever it is that you believe in that societies evolve. And yes. so while it may, while it may have been written into a script and it may have been something that people were doing, that does not mean that it was right. It was done for laughs. They did it, that shit. It, they put that shit in for it, laughs. It like, was, yo, you have matter. to, it no, was still context, wrong. Context, it was wrong. They used to hang, they used to hang black that, people from Rob, trees for laughs. Rob, Thank Rob, God that shit is Rob, wrong. That's now. true. <laughs> Rob, you and I both know, you and I both know that if you and I, if either one of us walked into that room, when that was going on, we would have been like, yeah, what the fuck are you guys doing? Right? And we would have probably got the chick out of there and everything. So 
this is like this is the reason why I can take this point of view because I know morally what I would do. To me, that is like, you know, I want you awake. I've never done no shit like that. I would never even like there's no excitement. There's like there's nothing to that shit. But these motherfuckers used to write it into their movies. Yeah, but you know, you but the one thing that we know, we have always known and seemingly Bill forgot is that you have to do it better. If your skin is brown, you have to be clean. Bill was they slipping. can come for you at any time. Bill was slipping. Barack Obama, right. they searched under every rock and every tree. They dug up gardens. Right. And they couldn't find a damn thing on Barack Obama. And if they had found one thing, he would not have been president. So, Donald Trump had everything out on his front lawn, and they didn't give a shit. So listen, let's just wrap this Bill Cosby right. thing up for forever right now. And let's just like, <laughs> we'll just put it down as, Bill, you were slipping, bro. You were slipping. He, he slipped for sure. You slipped. You slipped Literally. For sure. Literally. 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 And, you know, he said, you, and like, yo, no matter what, you know, you know you shouldn't, you know you shouldn't have been doing that. And you got that time because you shouldn't have been doing that. Like, you know, I'm going I'm to yeah, say that there's, I'm going to say that there, see, the way I feel about it is like this. I feel like there is justice in him being in jail. There is justice okay. in him being in jail. That's more than you've admitted just, in the past. So I like that. No, no, I've always felt that way. I just, because because I don't like the way that they got him. I don't like the things that they did to get him. That's the thing that bothers me about that Bill Cosby thing. I hate the way they went about doing it. Yeah, he's a fucking creepy predator, predator motherfucker. He, he is. He's creepy. He's a predator. He's also done a lot of things. He's also done a lot of things for the black community. He's done a lot of things for kids and everything in us educationally in the inner cities and for a very long time. And he's like, you know, he opened up his checkbook. He did a lot of things. So at least he at least like, you know, that money, a lot of that money went to a good purpose. So, you know, for that, I, you know, I would like for him to get out of jail at some point and especially for justice, because I don't want them doing that shit again. I don't think that it's right for them to do it again. They could possibly do it again to someone else, you know. And guess what, fellas? I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, and, and, and I'm, we I'm can. Gonna, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you the last word. All right, I will say this: if if thirty women accuse me of raping them, I did it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> if thirty. If well, thirty accuse me of raping them, I did. Well, that's uh, a, well, that's well, well, that's just. I'm gonna let him have the last no, word. No, because because you know what? I don't think that I don't think there were thirty accusations. No, but seriously though, I think it's important. It's important to, to say that I don't think there were thirty accusations of rape, touching other stuff, you know, but not actually rape, but. So, really? You got parse words like that? It's creepy. It's creepy. Not, yes, I am. Because, like, yo, rapists, like, someone that rapes 30 people and everything, they should just be shot. You know, you should just shoot that motherfucker. Don't, like, waste your time with jail. Shoot the motherfucker. Okay, now see, now, see, I'm not in favor of that, because what if we get it wrong? Ah. Right, exactly. Okay. And what's not 30 people he raped? Exactly. The number might be something like 17. <laughs> You know, so the number was sixty for Bill Cosby. It was what? Sixty. Sixty. Damn. Sixty women have accused Damn, rape, drug facilitated rape, drug facilitated sexual assault, sexual battery, or other sexual misconduct. Sixty. So let's just say that only twenty of them were actual rape, and the rest of them were oh, or whatever. That's still a far wow. like, one is unacceptable. <laughs> well, Nineteen yeah, is yeah, fucked, yeah. and sixty. 
you, you, you want to change, you want to change the story, John? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say sixty is sixty is probably multiple gunshots. One to one to each yeah, thigh. Yeah, yeah. One to each thigh. Each arm, possibly bashing yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. of fingers. Okay. You know? Guys, but, you we know. have to do this again. I, I actually enjoyed this. Uh, once, once I, once I got, I personally got into the rhythm of things, and 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 was able to, to move on beyond just simply talking about, you know, the site, etc. But because I think that we've got some other stuff to talk about, and I'd love to get down with you guys again. Yeah, man, we definitely like you know we're definitely greeting everybody. See whether or not we bring him back. I don't know. That Cosby might be a strike against you. Don't listen to him. It's his show. We don't listen to him. Like, really? Cosby's a strike against you. Be mad because you're evolving. No. I'll be mad at change. I'm over 50. I can do what I want to do. But listen, fellas. But listen, fellas. Um, Rob, Alvin, it's come that time. We're actually well over the time, but I'm going to say, gentlemen, Give yourselves a round of applause. You know what? I, I had so much fun, I'm going to give y'all two rounds of applause. There you go. There you go. That was very nice of you. I, I appreciate that. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. And I'm also, also before we go and everything, um, well, now I'm going to leave that one alone. I'm just going to say Born in Trouble. Thank you guys for listening to Born in Trouble. Um, Alvin, thanks for like coming in, giving us great insights on what you're doing. Um, we're always here to promote young entrepreneurs as well as older entrepreneurs. You're never too old to start and learning. We give, we're always talking financial advice and things of that nature. And, um, you know, I hope you come back another time, Rob, I'm not so sure if I want you back another time, but I'll think about it. You might have to deal with me on the bonus time. You're going to have to deal with, you're going to have to deal with, you're going to have to deal with Mr. Cosby bar. Anyway, boy, <laughs> 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 <laughs>